Welcome, 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 everybody, to this episode of the Heineman Brothers Hockey Show. This is a podcast about hockey that I do with my brothers, hence Heineman Brothers Hockey Show. Uh, before we get to the introductions, I have to say my piece. I fucking hate the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, like... <laughs> More than I'm an Islanders guy, so you'd think maybe some of my hate goes towards the Rangers or the Devils. No, no, I hate the Penguins. So, the last time the Islanders were on a streak of 10 games or more was 1982. Yeah, it was the 81 82 season. We had won 15 in a row, and the Penguins beat us four to three, just like this year. Now, in the past two decades, the Penguins are 64 and 48 against us. So that doesn't sound like a lot, but that's almost 20 games better. And uh, the season series since the lockout, Pittsburgh's won nine. The Islanders have won two. And, uh, and two were four to four in 06 and 07, right after the lockout. Then the penguins obviously they beat my islanders but you know why it's because someone like tyler likes to talk about fight club uh and he messages me I, you know i'm at work i'm focusing i'm, I'm checking the scores it's uh slowly become three nothing islanders i'm not saying anything and then uh tyler had the text group and it it made me do what i should never have done and i chirped at Lou for <laughs> a laughable. Right. See, it was. Let's get this straight. That like you know, I I set it up for you. You didn't have to take it. You didn't have to take that. <laughs> you could have just been like, hey, long way to go. Still got time. Blah blah blah. But you go. You chirp Lou. You literally use Lou's words. That you know, it was a good chirp, but it, it bit you in it the was. ass. It was. Bit me in the. <laughs> So uh, anyway, we'll, we'll get to the introductions. I'm I'm CJ. I come to you from Everett, Washington. Um, and Lou, uh, how's Ohio? Oh, Ohio's pretty good. You know, uh, starting to get a little colder around here, but I uh, can't complain too much. Uh, I would I would like to, as much as all that praise was for the Penguins, I would like to have them score or the first goal in a game for a change. Stop having to make these third period comebacks that give me slight heart attacks, but. Murray had a save of the year candidate in that game, for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, that, that lift of the left leg there, and then the Russ yeah. went down the other end and scored a goal. Ooh. <laughs> it's wild when you see that. That, that uh, It seems to happen, you know, not necessarily a ton, but you see it every, like, every one, one or two weeks, you almost see that situation where you see a monster save on one end, and then it Immediately on the other end, you get a goal. You got to take advantage of that momentum, even uh, even if it's seconds before. Ty, what's going on? How was uh, how was your game tonight? You got to see a pro game tonight. Yeah, great game. I just got home, fucking jacked up because the Flyers beat the Bruins. Um, they went up two zero um, in the first. I knew like if they didn't get the third, it would be a struggle, but and it was. Um, there was a, a real tight uh, review um, about one of the the Bruins goals. They, I think it was a good call. They basically forced the uh, puck into the net with like the goalie's pad kind of thing, like forced through it for, through the whistle. 
words and vocabulary, blah, 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 aside, um, <laughs> the crowd was not happy. And, you know, I was worried because the Flyers don't have a great track record in the shootout. I don't love our three-on-three three because, you know, our D are not that great. Like, Pro Ross probably our best, and he's just not a guy who can kind of make things happen on the D side. But they were, it was back and forth for the like, the Couture, ah, man, oh, can we get into Flyers later? Because the Couturier connecting Lindblom line is absurdly lethal. That yes. line is ridiculous. Um, but... I- Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I've uh, I needed assists and Katoria uh, did his job for my fantasy squad tonight. So yeah, Coots is unbelievable. My mic's going like, but uh, yeah, that that whole overtime was was very very scary. But Carter Hart stood strong in the shootout, and um, we we won two shootouts in a row. Take. Take a shootout from Toronto. Take one from Boston. Did you see? Did you guys see Drew's slap shot last night? I did not know. Uh, yeah, I did because they showed the replay of it when he attempted the fake slapper tonight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I saw that. And I was like, oh, dude, like too much because um, he had kind of a breakaway against uh, Mrazek on uh, the Hurricanes. He he faked it, but then he. Basically, he waited a tiny bit, but he, he ripped it right through the five hole. It was basically like a slap shot. Um, and then last night, he came down and just buried it top shelf against Freddie Anderson. Like, absolute Lou, when you watch this, it's the fucking best. Dude, this guy can do any move you want, and he does that. Like, <laughs> like that's unbelievable. And and you know what? I think that's what you got to do these days. You got to do something different. Uh, and Sonic Anderson wasn't out on top of this crease. So, oh, Drew, let's go. Fuck you, boss. <laughs> yeah, your flyers are on a little bit of a run. We can all agree to that sentiment. Yeah, they're rolling, baby. Rolling. Well, and hey, like you said, right? Like No excuses left. It's time to win some games for them. Um, hey, and Hart looked good. And like, uh, so far, so stood strong. Yeah. I mean, Boston didn't have a lot of shots. Like I've said, you know, Flyers kind of, when they're on, they're keeping teams out of their end. It's just like those little turnovers in the zone or that little bullshit that goes in the end of the net. And that happened. Yeah. You know, it helps but, it. I think, I, if I'm not mistaken, Flyers have been one of the better faceoff teams over the last five years, I'd say. Right. I feel like yep. they're always. Yeah, they've been like number one the past two years. Couturier and Drew. Yeah. And now they got Hayes, who's pretty damn good in the dot. Like, ooh, he's from the dot. It's pretty fucking good in the dot. How you doing? <laughs> All righty. Uh, do a little like, news before we uh, get to our interview. That, that's right, people. We have an interview today. Um, yeah. Yep, let that, let I, that be our teaser. Yeah, Ty and I um, sat down with uh, an old friend of ours uh, that we both played with. So look forward to a little Evan Jones action after the news. Yeah, yeah did a little uh, Friendsgiving um, with uh, Jonesy today before I went to the game. And um, very him nice. and no one else, uh, no other Bruin fans <laughs> wanted to go to the game with me. So <laughs> Shocker, that one. 
Um, uh, sadly, like half my notes are in injury news uh, today, but we'll get right into it. Uh, Mitch Marner will be out at least four weeks uh, for the Maple Leafs with a ankle injury. Uh, so they will certainly miss him, but nothing they've de- uh, uh, not dealt with. Obviously, they were out without um, John Tavares for a short time, um, and they they didn't necessarily struggle, but they were kind of getting through. Uh, um, obviously, not a center loss, but Mitch Marner is still obviously a monster part of that team. Um, Nikita uh, Zadorov at a Colorado will be week to week with a broken jaw. Uh, uh, Chris Letang week to week for the Penguins with lower body injury. Uh, Alexander Steen will be out at least four weeks with a left high ankle sprain. Uh, and kind of a wacky one. Uh, Brian Little um, has a perforated eardrum and is dealing with vertigo after he took a um, a shot right up by the ear. Um, and he's expected that to make a full recovery, brutal. but I guess there's no timetable for his return. So basically, it seems like uh, when his vertigo goes away, because obviously when you perforate the eardrum, all of your sense of balance goes out the fucking window. Sense of anything. Jesus Christ, that's terrible. Yeah. There's some There's some um, kid I played pickup hockey in like East Boston, which I know you guys don't know too much about, but it's East Boston. Um, there's some kid who he had tattoos like up his neck, like each sleeve, uh, but he could dangle like Joey hands. We used to call him because he could just dangle, but he used to wear headphones like, like, and now that the earbuds like those, that revolution has started. He wears earbuds and it's like, how are you like just listening, listening to music and like, playing hockey like and you know he doesn't pass so that's a that's probably a little bit why but uh, <laughs> he is so good like i'm not trying to exaggerate him too much but he's so good and it's just like ridiculous that he listened to it so having a perforated eardrum uh probably not on purpose and that's probably fucking awful yeah like i can't quite imagine and had just having your whole sense of where you are in the world kind of jiggled um so we hope he gets uh gets over that quickly and has a has a speedy return uh, he's obviously a big part of that group isn't um, that like a balance issue too don't you get your oh balance? yeah so like 100 mm-hmm. percent. that's why it gets the vertigo yeah there's no so adjacent like you, had vertigo, right anytime you like your head there's moves at any kind of velocity i couldn't finish this final round your vertigo. brain can't handle it Lou just talked over everything. I know we just said we we kept. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> just uh, words. No, you know he was saying Numbers. that Jason Day, you know, couldn't finish the round when he had vertigo. It's a pretty yeah. yeah. Lou, I think you can still hear us when you're interrupting us, but we can't hear anything except for you. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. Exactly. Um, let's continue. Uh, Lou, is that all the news? I got a couple more points here. Uh, Nick Felino has got a hearing tomorrow with the uh, Department of Player Safety. You guys uh, see the elbow on uh, Pierre Edward Belmar last night? No. It was... Uh, man, it seemed 
pretty brutal, but just kind of knowing the player that Nick Felino is, he, he he's not that dirty guy, but he got he basically I mean, jumped at him, took elbow to chin, got no other part of him, just elbow to chin, knocked him out, and his head smacked the ice. So it was kind of a brutal hit. Um to be honest, but it just seems so out of character for Nick Felino. So like, it doesn't seem like he did it on purpose, but it also was so brutal. It kind of, it's, it's hard to fathom how he thought he was going to hit through him. Well, what was it last year? Those bad hit to the heads was pretty much two games to pop. So I wonder yeah. if that's uh, I, I, you think it could I be mean, more? He literally the, 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 the point of contact and a hundred percent of the contact was elbow to jaw. Like he, he didn't touch his body. Like maybe their hips connected at the end, but it was bad. And it just, yeah, it, I think it could be more. It probably two probably sounds like, right. I don't think Nick Felino has any kind of history, um, with supplemental discipline, but I mean that, that kind of hit has got to be at minimum one game because he I mean like I said I, I really for whatever reason part of me wants to say he didn't mean to do it but it was it was not a good hit I like it'd be something it. if the so rest it's... of the bodies collided but he just clipped jaw and he jumped yeah, so hard, hard for me to comment so um luckily that's all kind of the bad news uh we got the the Bolts uh, sweep the gold uh, the global series against the Buffalo Sabers, uh, and kind of feels like they get Victor Hedman back. Maybe this was a perfectly timed trip for them to kind of get the boys together out in Europe and kind of regather. And not that they've been bad, but certainly from what expectations have been, um, Tampa Bay Lightning have not been where the expectations are. So maybe this was kind of the and Tyler to his credit has has texted us saying. Uh, this is their their official turnaround. So, um, certainly, um, two in Sweden, primed to a million back in America. It's going to happen for the Bolts. I'm telling you guys. But um, I I wrote like this note down in multiple places about uh, McDavid and Drysaddle, about how dominant they've been, and it's crazy because people put Drysaddle like out of the top ten when they talk, but he creates just as much offense. Um, but I think when I wrote this down, it was maybe three or four days ago. Uh, McDavid and Drysaddle have accounted for 55 points uh, for the Oilers, and the rest of the team has 45. So that's pretty absurd. I think I've said in the beginning of the year, like if if they can, I was like, there's no way the Oilers will be good unless McDavid and Drysaddle will just account for all the points, and they've they've been able to do that. But I don't know. Who knows if they'll be able to keep doing it. But um, that led to me to this stat where McDavid has 398 points uh, right now. And they were showing a list of guys who turned 23 or the amount of points they had when they were 23. McDavid turns 23 when he's January 19th, I think. Um, uh, Like Crosby had like 430-something uh, Sackick was on there with like, I think other guys were on there, but Gretzky had, the, it, it was just ridiculous. I was like, that doesn't even count. 
But McDavid's going to get there easily. He's going to be up there, and he's oh, going to be sure. tending for, like, Crosby and whatever goal record Ovechkin sets if he can catch Gretzky. So, uh, McDavid, we're lucky to have that guy. Andrew. Yeah. Oh, sure. I mean, he's oh, – I can't so wait yeah, to no. there. I mean – I can't wait to see the Oilers live. Yeah. Um, you guys ever think um, they would split them so, up? Like, I was at, I'm going to ask Bruins fans that. Like, do you ever split them up? They, I they tried I know that. they're so, so productive. They tried the to split them up. It, it hasn't worked. Drysdale's been crap when they've been split up. Well, I don't know if I mean, Drysdale still had. I mean, they, I think they split them up a good portion of last year, did they not? No, that's Christ. that's they finally brought them back together last year. That's why they had the okay. two most, like most points. In the I league. mean, regardless, though, I mean, I mean, he still put up a hundred points. I mean, a guy like that. I mean, yes, you're playing with McDavid, and you can talk all you want about you know uh, Chris Kunitz playing with Sidney Crosby, and that's the reason he had the career that he had. But he's still a good player. I mean, he is. Obviously, anybody playing with McDavid is going to put up a lot of points. I don't think anybody playing McDavid is going to put up a hundred points, though. Um, I think for the sake, I like it's like you said, Ty. The fact that those two guys have more than half, half the points on the team is a problem. But I, I also think you just like kind of went right against my argument in saying that you think it's just McDavid. Like anyone could play with him and get points. No, no, no. no. I'm saying not any, that guy. anybody playing anybody playing with McDavid. If it can probably have sixty points, I'm saying it's it's different. I'm saying our buddy someone, uh, Stan, someone to have a hundred points. Stanton, who's a big Sharks fan, uh-huh. used to say that if he could play on the Sharks power play unit, he's a big Sharks guy, that he would get ten goals a year just just being on the unit, you know. And um, you know, talented player Stan, love the guy, but that's fucking bullshit. Like these guys don't get points just being fucking being there. Like well, that's what I mean. Good. That's what I mean. I think I think anybody playing McDavid can probably anywhere between forty and sixty points. But it, it's something else to score a hundred points in a season. I mean, obviously we're seeing points go up, but still, I mean, Trysdale had somewhat a little bit over a hundred last year. Like that's not just McDavid. That's very much him as well. Yeah, he's nasty. Yeah, he's I so think good. he's it's crazy. It's crazy to he's say the best German player. He's one of the more underrated superstars out here because because of McDavid. He I mean, look at Malkin to to Crosby all these years. Exactly, same but different. Well, yeah, yes, yes, yes for sure. Um, we got an announcement of next year's, uh, next year's teams playing in the global series, the Bruins predators avalanche and blue jackets will be playing the 2020 global series in Helsinki, Finland. So we have, uh, that to look forward to out of them. Um, going back to St. Louis, Robbie Fabry. Oh, go for it. I just before we get off the global series, I wanted to say that uh, even more than saying that that's going to be the Lightning's turnaround, I picked Buffalo in both those games because I refuse to believe that Buffalo is exactly what Dad says they are. But uh, <laughs> thanks, Dennis Green. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, starting to turn out that they probably are, and I don't want to talk too much about Buffalo this week, but I was disappointed, and I feel like that's even more of a story than can the Lightning turn it around using that. But <laughs> Well, and I think it, yeah. it, it certainly, yeah, I mean, yeah. They, they Buffalo needs to go into this being like, uh, like, look, we need to, we started hot and now we haven't played so well. But I mean, maybe they need to take this kind of in a similar way to Tampa is like they lost both games, but it can be a building experience where like they need to really put their heads down and work, 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 work. <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, and, uh, I mean, they started out hot, which we know they would. But just like Dad said, they need to con- they need to control themselves. I think they're too hot and cold. As Dad says, can't get too hot, can't get too. He says high and low, right? Um, valleys and mountains, <laughs> but um, like the Sabers can't be doing that. They're a very young team, so just like the Flyers, a little bit where you know all the guys who scored tonight are legit under twenty three. So you know it's a lot of fun to watch, but at the same time, you need the you need the veterans to step up and kind of show them the way. And uh, doesn't always happen night to night. Um, and I'm not going to say I know how that is, but it's tough to go back to back and stuff like that. So I'm very pumped. The Flyers got four, four points in Toronto, in Boston, but there's the first road points they've gotten. So besides Vancouver, but, um, sorry, I didn't mean to go off on the Flyers r- rant there, but, uh, <laughs> got to get points when you hey, need you're them. excited about your the, team. The, uh, the veteran leadership is 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 poignant in in those points. Yeah, they got to build that consistency. Prodigious. <laughs> uh, so Robbie Fabry was traded to the Detroit Red Wings by St. Louis on Wednesday uh, for Jacob De La Rose. Uh, yeah, and then so Fabry Rob- went off, scored twice in uh, two Genos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, against the Bruins, right? It was sick. They they, yeah. they put the smack on the Bruins. Yep, we all picked the Bruins. Uh, yeah. First game against them. <laughs> Part of my abysmal uh, night. One of them was a power play goal. Just feed to him. Just absolute bury. Like tight side, right against the post. Like oof. And then another one was a good tuck too. Like I, I think that's a really good piece for them. Need to change the scenery, you know? Yeah, because I mean. Because you think about two years ago when we were talking about, I feel like when we first started, we were talking about how the Blues rot. We were like really excited. Like Robbie Fabry was going to have a really good year. He'd come off a career year. And then he got injured and the whole year was gone for the whole year. And then he just kind of fell out of that lineup and just could never really get back to where he – I feel like he's one of those guys where if he doesn't get those top six minutes, he doesn't perform. But if you don't give it to him, he'll never get there. Right. So I think he can slide into that that Detroit lineup and and really well, help. He also them. Uh, he also got both of those goals passed to him by Bertuzzi, who he won uh, whatever the OHL championship. Is that a oh, Calder Cup? They played That's together back Calder then. Uh, I, yeah, nice. Bertuzzi and Fabry were teammates uh, on a championship team before, and Bertuzzi gave him both of those go. goals in in very similar that. fashion. Yeah, Tyler. Gotta so, love that instant chemistry. Yes, another Tyler. Uh, don't don't forget to mention. 
<laughs> All right. Two quick more, and then we can get to our uh, our great interview with our good friend Evan Jones. Um, Dallas Stars unveiled their jersey. Um, and with talking with you guys, I, I think the, the Preds jersey is growing on me. I didn't like it at first. Um, but the Stars jersey, it feels like they've got the cream shorts. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It, but I feel like the white in the jersey could have been so much better if it was that off-white color with the shorts. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, a lot of these teams whites. are doing the, the sorry, Siege, but uh, these teams are doing those, like you said, the cream and the white, like the shells uh, on the pants. It's it's, it's unfortunate, but uh, you just gotta love Tyler Sagan, like modeling them, just like he's just like having a blast. Like, ah, ah. Oh, so funny and this ugly cream shorts and jersey that you know, i don't mind the, i don't mind the cream so much i don't like the cream with the white i think it's not it was a cream, all that cream like color a i think it'd be much it's like well yeah but yeah it's i like think that'd pa- be really nice if the white was all that color i call that color packaging um <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah but I, but i'm with lou you can't mix your whites you know come on now you got to go out with a matching outfit um but i I like both jerseys. They're going a little more old school uh, sweaters, uh, mm-hmm. like for sure. Old. Yeah, with the big, big old stripes on them. Go ahead. What's the last thing before we go to Jonesy? Uh, just before we go to Jones, I did. Uh, it was nice to. It was kind of nice to see and kind of weird to see. Uh, the Montreal faithful gave a standing ovation for Zidane Ochara's 1500th game uh, played in the NHL, which obviously is a monster of a milestone um i think he's one of seven defensemen now who have ever done it in the league ever um obviously a huge milestone but montreal is a is a different environment for him um obviously going back to that patcheretti hit and just the nature of the the boston montreal rivalry um i was so i was at the game tonight obviously but i was watching the game when that happened um and all those things were brought up, Lou, by the announcers and how the Pats race things and fucking the fans wanted to sue him and called 911 and all that bullshit. But I was also at the game tonight, and in the first period, uh, this was the first home game, uh, Big Z has been back, which is what all these guys called him. And it was really cool because uh, guys like, like fucking Lidstrom, uh, Taves, Ov, Getzlaff, like Kopitar, like all these guys on the on the fucking jumbotron, like a big Z, like congrats again, like you're the fucking best, like yo, you're a fucking savage, blah blah blah, like they were saying all these things. It was just all these legends talking about this guy, and it was really cool to see. And he got an amazing ovation, obviously at the Garden, um, but. It was very cool to see those guys in the Jumbo John being like, yo, this guy's he's the real deal. So um, whoever said he wasn't, Gary, big dummy. Yeah, I guess enough time has passed in Montreal, but I also think that not too much time needs to pass anywhere for you to appreciate 1,500 games from a guy like Chara. it's It's a rare milestone in general. Um, That's all all I have on the news front, uh, should right. we get to our interview, gentlemen. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna let Tyler uh, really tease it up, but uh, I got on with Tyler's uh, interview crew, which is just Tyler, 
Um, and uh, we had we had kind of a good time. We reminisced a little bit about uh, Jones's early years with me and his later years and uh, Randolph High School hockey with Ty. But uh, go for it, Ty. Who is this guy that we interviewed? Yeah, we got my good buddy, uh, only a year older than me, just like Lou, but uh, Evan Jones. So he's a Northeastern guy, Boston kind of fan. I used to play hockey with him a bunch. Uh, we talk, you know, high school hockey. We talk a little bit of men's league, which I play him in, and uh, just really good one. I'm just going to let it go. Uh, it was good to have CJ on with it as well. So here we go. All righty, all righty. So uh, happy to have uh, my buddy, good friend here, Evan Jones on the Heineman Brothers Hockey Show. Got CJ with us. Luke couldn't make it, um, but fucking, we got we got a guy. He's a he's a Boston sports fan, but he grew up with us in Randolph, New Jersey. You're older than me, um, fellow state champion. You know, we went through a lot together growing up playing hockey, uh, and then he came to Boston as well. So graduated the same year. He did the old five year co op at Northeastern. So uh, happy to have him on. What's up, Jonesy? Not too much, boys. Uh, happy to be on. Happy CJ's here. And Tyler said Lou couldn't make it, but uh, I've been listening in uh, every everyone I can, and you guys are pretty hilarious. So glad to be on and excited to talk some stories. I know CJ and I had some good times when I was younger in high school. Uh, I was a freshman when he was a senior, and then Tyler was the grade below me, and he was kind of my – felt like my protege. Um, so we had a lot of time. <laughs> Uh, so happy to be on. Yeah, uh, I'm glad. I'm glad we got Jonesy on. It's one of the few players that uh, me and Tyler both got to play with. And uh, yeah, were you the only freshman? No, Danny. You and Danny were you guys the only ones? Yeah, we we were the only ones. Um, Danny and I. So we had a good time, and you guys were pretty cool. So you guys, you guys kind of took us in. I was gonna say you got the uh, the full freshman treatment both as uh the hazing side and the be- and the being a part of the group sides i'm sure so uh what was what was the, what was the worst thing that they did to you i feel like i wasn't really involved oh uh, no yeah cj you were always nice i mean you were you were along with the laughs uh in my direction but they weren't due to your, <laughs> due to your harassment because cj would have gotten ripped on too if uh, uh, uh no it was definitely Tominga. i would say it was the biggest asshole but everyone was it was it was a love hate relationship amongst everyone. Uh, you know, I caught my first share of shit. I would say there were a couple. Remember my first goal? I I caught it pretty bad uh, that in the locker room after that. But uh, that was probably the worst one. But usually, a lot of fond memories. Speaking of uh, Taminga, do you see uh, see his new girlfriend? She, uh, if you get a chance to Instagram stock, it's it's not a bad uh, not a bad Instagram stock. She's a uh, at least former ice girl for the Predators. Interesting. So if we got a lot of tats. I remember that from the stories and stuff. But definitely right. up to Mingus Alley. I can see it. Good for him. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm to, they may not have been dating long enough. I'm trying to stock, but uh, I haven't found. Some photos. Ah, I don't think it's that important. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I would just, hear about how, like I would get whipped after my, I don't know if I whipped, but you know, <laughs> hazed after my first goal or point or whatever. And Jones would always be like, "You shit me!" Like I got way worse. I'm like, "I get it." <laughs> yeah, I couldn't see it for like a week. That was pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> had some lashes on my ass. So yeah. Well, we weren't we weren't gonna fuck we weren't gonna fuck with Danny because he's a goaltender. So you were kind of the whipping boy. Well, 
Danny had his brother too, Matty Fulham, uh, who's been on the podcast, I believe, um, was a senior. He was a freshman, and yeah, they had their own relationship that was intense. But you you can't be fucking with Danny with Matty Fulham in the locker room there. Um, true. But, uh, true. I do have something I wrote down that I, I figured it's a good time to bring up, uh, CJ. So my first experience really partying after a celebration was the Men and Cup my freshman year. And uh, we went down where we were played Mo Beard and he had Matty Willows, who I think put up about seven goals against us in two games. Uh, we figured out a way to beat him. And we partied at Tomingas afterwards uh, in the basement with the Men and Cup. Do you, you remember the night, right? Uh, yes, yes. One of one, this being your first party is ridiculous because it was one of the more ridiculous ones for sure. It was ridiculous, and it was a very good <laughs> time to get exposed to the the boys and how they actually celebrated. I, I've been I'd seen it a little bit throughout the year, but uh, the memory I have maybe think of that was Danny and Maddie, and I don't know if you remember, but they you know pretty quiet guys, awesome guys. Danny's one of my best buddies. Shout out parlors. Shout out parlors. Love it. We, Tyler and I are going to make our next uh, pilgrimage down in New York to get to the next concert in two weekends. But um, I'll be in Colorado. <laughs> but I'll be there. But uh, they, when they get loaded, they change personalities. One of those kind of guys, you know. And uh, <laughs> and they just started beating. I don't know what it was, but they just started beating the shit out of each other in the basement in like full on fist fighting. And I think one of them is hitting with the other one with like a VCR tape or something <laughs> like that. Like it was. It was absurd. Do you, do you remember this at all? Them killing each other? Yeah, yeah. It was like WWE, but they were really hitting chairs over each other's backs. It was absurd. And then, uh, and then the next day, so we'd always wear ties. Uh, Wait, real, real quick. Yeah. I have, a, I have a Danny related story to that. Wait, let me finish the story. Let me finish the story. The, the next day, <laughs> um, so we'd wear ties to work or to uh, school the day of game. So we won the game, and thank God we were we were hungover. We got fucked up at Tamiga, so we're hungover going to school the next day. And that, thank God there was delayed opening. And Donnie Ferguson used to drive me to, you know, school. He's a very nice guy. He was my neighbor. And he was driving me and you to school that day. And we're wearing the same clothes. And we get into the car. And we get into the, the car. And you have, I think, three, I don't know, whatever you're drinking in high school, Mike's Heart or Twisted Tea or something like that. And you hand me one of these beers as we're headed. I think it was like a Mike's Heart, like something that was left over that we would drink the night before. And you handed it to me to go. Jones, it definitely right. was. You got to drink this. And I was like, fuck me. And I show, I roll into Hope Room wearing the same clothes I was wearing the day before, hung over after just chugging on Mike's heart. And uh, that was my first experience. So that was that was all you getting me drunk before school. So thank, thank you very much. I, I thought it was, for some reason in my memory, and now granted, Jonesy just explained how nuts this party was. So let's let's go easy on the memory for this. But I thought it was Maloney that was driving us in. Oh, and he's. It easily could have been Maloney. I guess I just credited Donnie because he was a he was a good chauffeur throughout the year. But it, it definitely could have been either one. Uh, that point <laughs> also was probably seeing double. And and, and yeah, Danny, <laughs> I just remember Danny wanted to like halfway through my junior year, we were making a run towards states, and he was like, "Hey, Ty, we're gonna fucking box after we win states." <laughs> and I was like, yeah, "Fuck yeah, we're gonna box!" Like, yeah, fuck, let's do it. And then like we won states and. I was like, I don't want to box this guy. <laughs> like, and then he, he came down the stairs and just sort of you know, half gallon of ketchup on me. But uh, yeah, that sounds like a. Were there any girls at this party? The men in cup? No, no, it was strictly, it was strictly team. the fellas. Because it was like a Wednesday night, it was right? A Wednesday night. And I think it was also like Taminga. Taminga's mom might have said, "You guys can come back and party here," but just team. Um, and we took full advantage of that. I remember singing, holding the, hold, drinking out of the cup. It was, uh, it was a good time. 
Yeah, that was the best part is that they gave, for some reason, they thought it would be a good idea to give us the Menon Cup. <laughs> yeah, not even like McLaughlin or Beecher's friggin' at home that night. We literally brought it to the drink, drank beers out of it all night. Uh, that was good. Well, I mean, and it was it was that kind of a party because Mo Beard, I think they beat us seven nothing or something like that the last time we we had played them. I think the and two games they, they cumulatively, cumulatively beat us like twelve to two, and the one guy had seven goals. So like, yeah, in McLaughlin fashion, we got an uh, ice slot to practice the day before the Men and Cup. Once we won the semis, and we literally practiced a trap the whole the whole practice. Yeah, and then for an hour and, and a half, yeah, <laughs> trapped them and scored like one garbage goal and beat them in the Men and Cup, and it was a it was a great victory. That's the genius of McLaughlin right there. You were not in high school yet. Right. Oh, you missed the game? Yeah. You didn't even go there? Oh, bummer. Did you ever win a Minute Cup? Nope. Yeah. We were pretty dry in Minute Cups because Mo Beard was always pretty good. Yeah. Um, and Chatham beat us one year. Yeah. yeah. Alex Router, captain of Cornell. What <laughs> uh, <laughs> other Randolph stories you guys got? Yeah, CJ, what else? I mean, from your senior year, I mean, we had a pretty heartbreaking. By the time it was States, I wasn't playing as much. Um, but, I mean, that was a pretty pretty sad loss. What was it against Ridge, right? After we beat yeah. the semifinals. And it was weird that year, the way that uh, the brackets all got set up because, uh, like, Fairlawn or someone ended up ranked number one. So uh, us and Ridge were on the same side of the bracket. Yeah. But Fairlawn lost in, like, the second round to someone I can't even remember. And then so the, the Ridge-Randolph game in the semifinals, it was like, whoever won that game was going to roll in the finals, yeah. which I believe Ridge did uh, to one, like five, one or something like that. We have that yeah. Next year. Yeah. Well, it was weird because I know the year before it was an unreal state championship win at Menin against Ridge, right? It was, it was basket Ridge, right? Yeah. And then that was Bridgewater Raritan that we oh, Bridgewater Raritan, There you go. And then, um, and then, it was weird that the semifinals were. I guess it wasn't weird there at Men and Cup, but it felt at Men but it felt like a championship game in that arena, which is always electric, especially after the year prior when you guys won it the way you did. Uh, I remember being there watching and just being so jacked up to play in high school as like a fourteen-year-old. So I, I was excited. I but, yeah, uh, I yeah, wish they say championship at Men and it's all, all time. Yeah, that's got to be the best game in Randolph. I mean, obviously we have some great comebacks and like late goals in championships like add worth, you know, that the prove, but uh or by far, by far the most exciting game I've ever been on the bench for. Uh, the packed arena like the game for the next the crowd for the next game was coming in and like there was not a fucking seat like Kids from middle school were like, can you get me in? Yeah. Like, and I was like, wait, what? They're like, your brother's on the team. And I was like, I didn't even think about that. But it was nuts. We were breaking chairs. We had a yeah, half a section group as a seventh grade. Yeah, same with eighth grade. We had our whole section. And I remember all, what I do I remember is the second there'd be a goal, everyone would just be diving everywhere. You didn't even know where you yeah. were. It was absurd. We ended up on the glass, and I was like, that was far away. From and, and what was that? It was Inkladon scored with like a little couple, you know, what, a minute left. Yeah, and it was Inkladon shot in Cranick buried and Zaymore, no. right? Or... I don't know if Zaymore so... but I think Inky scored with some time left to, to tie it, and then he went to OT, and Cranick scored off his skate or something, right? So, yeah, we, we were down like 5-3 with two minutes left when Zaymore scored to make it 5-4. Yeah. 
and then Inkladon with like 30 seconds left, slapper from the point, yeah. uh, top shelf. That was probably the best goal of that the was three. Ripped. I remember that. That was unbelievable. And then, uh, and then, yeah, Kranich got kind of a bouncer in in OT. Well, that was a weird one, right? Because it wasn't like he didn't direct it, obviously, but it was one of those like eh, he might have. But I think in, like the game had gone late; they weren't going to like review it or anything. Uh, but it was classic Kranich fashion to get that, you know, end of end of OT greasy state goal. championship greasy goal. So it was uh, yeah. it was memorable. Yeah. And then I got to bring up the the eat fucking chicken. <laughs> uh, video that came out after that. Who was the guy that was in the grade above you that was like the pump up? It's guy? so hard to explain. I think it was uh, Sapsco <laughs> was in the video, but it's so hard to explain when I just say like eat fucking chicken. And like, oh well, it's from like a video. No, no, there was a grade. YouTube video that outlined the whole season, and it right. was all about the like fuck Morris Knowles and the rivalry, and, and some guys says eat fucking chicken, and that was a quote that came away from it. But, but in uh, the video is like the Bridgewater Arden kid who just like collapses. Yeah, and it's the like, goalie with his head in his hands. Yeah, uh, like, so that was. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good time. Oh uh, yeah, I, I cannot remember that kid's name. He was a grade above me, and it was it was during my junior year run when we beat Knowles on the way to the finals. Or it might have been Montgomery. I don't know, but it got montaged together, and the the fuck Knowles eat chicken thing was uh was I think it might have been born maybe the year before when we were playing Knowles in the playoffs, but. Either way, I was uh, uh, Christina's high school team. Her father still goes to the Long Valley football games, and they beat Morris Knowles in the playoffs. And that's all I thought of was like, fuck Knowles, eat chicken. It was just like a ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous quote. Uh, I mean, I think we had to transition to most Knowles games. So one thing I was thinking about was I would say – my best memory other than just winning states outside of those that feeling was freshman year the Knowles game was the first game of the year and I think I got hurt so I was playing with uh Beatrice and Maloney and I'll never forget how nervous I was because the whole arena was packed and I don't even remember the outcome of that game we might I think we might have just squeaked out a win but throughout the rest of my career and Tyler's career, how insane were some of those games? Like it had turned out to be like white, a white out versus a blackout. Those games were crazy. The fights that would happen. Like we have Pat Sotan will tell you about yeah. his buddy getting, you know, carried out of the arena by cops. And he's got Swift on his back with Colonial's jersey. And McLaughlin just glares at him like, Are you fucking kidding well, he me? turns around and flicks off the whole stadium as he's getting escorted. My, my first uh, game against Knowles was my freshman year. It was the second time we played him. Um, Missed the JV game because we were playing Del Barton, and I was kind of bummed, but I was obviously pumped to play in the Knowles game. And I, I played it. Uh, I think I sawed him out, except I took a fucking two to ten from Alba to Bunza, just rang my clock, and we got a power play off it. And uh, I'll never forget, we got the power play. Oh, no, no. We got the power play, we scored, and then to tie it. Uh, yeah, that was to tie it, and then we went ahead, and then Dylan Colinari was in the box, and it was like a minute left or something like that, and McLaughlin was like, Heineman, go tell Colinari he's playing left wing. And I was like, okay. So I just like skated across the ice. I was like, what's up, Dale? Thanks for the rides to practice every day. Uh, you're going out in left wing. <laughs> and uh, he went out, and he scored the empty netter. I was like, McLaughlin, I get the second apple on that one. Thanks, pal. Um, but yeah, fucking <laughs> The Knowles games were, were great. I remember getting, like, knocked out by Steven Shears. Yeah. Thrown up on the bench. Yeah, he threw up on the bench. 
remember uh, Covery getting hit by oh, Spadone. Uh, Spadone, and he yeah, did a full like flip. like flip. And there's a photo of him like upside down. But the one I feel like the fans like we were into it. It was just weird though because we played travel with a lot of these guys. We were buddies with them. Like Garrity was one of my best line mates throughout uh, travel hockey in high school. But uh, I remember the fight after I think I was a junior, and I think it was literally. I think actually the Randolph kids were kind of dicks, but the Knowles kids in the uh, where the parking lot after the, the game, men yeah. parking lot. There was like five of them picked the fight with the Randolph guys. Someone had like brass knuckles. And I, it, but I think it turned into like twenty Randolph guys versus five five Knowles guys, and basically it was a complete ass kicking ram up. And then the following game, which was later in the year, uh, there was like. Cops oh, on horses and like scary. yeah, it was like insane. Um, it was like we're a big deal. Yeah, the, the rival already got a little out of control, but it was those were some fun times. But you're right because like we always play with those kids. I'll never forget someone come up to me, like a tight. It was a tight two-two game. Kid came up to me in school and I see was like game's so tight. Like what the fuck are you smiling with that kid? What the fuck? And it was me and Connor Manning. Like it was like a two-on-two, and I was kind of behind him. It was one of those where you just both go crashing into the net, and yeah. it's like, please don't, please don't call that. They didn't call it. And like, we both end up in the net, and we're both like cracking up because it's a minute left, and it's just us in the middle of the net. And I was like, well, you know, he's my teammate other ways. Yeah. Like, how it goes. But the rivalry hey, between playing. the fans, oof. Yeah, it's like uh, green, green seed hooligans out there. Yeah. These are good times. CJ, so- were you. What's up? You go. Were you a Colonials guy in the in the falls? Uh, yeah, I was. I was on and off, but mainly Colonials. I played Freeze a couple of years. I played Montclair Blues one year, but mainly Colonials. Yeah, honestly, I just was trying to make the that '92 AAA team that had Agostino and Ambrosia and all those guys. I was always uh, on the outskirts of, so that was kind of uh, disappointing. But I usually played Double A there or over at uh, Freeze. My senior year, we played. We pretty much combined Knowles and Randolph. Uh, and, and Tyler's on that team, and that was under Chicago. Oh, yes. I remember that team. We were on, or I was on, I don't know if you guys made it further the next year, but I don't think you were. I don't think we were, I don't think we were as good, but we we got screwed because the year that you were a senior, they didn't have the playoffs after States yeah. where they did my senior year where they were just like, you, they did the playoffs before high school started. So I went into my senior year of high school being like, I hope I win the state championship, but if I don't, I get to go to nationals. Yeah. Like, where we had to play a quarterfinal game against Tom's River the year after they beat us. Yep. And, the, and, we, had a, and we had yeah. a, a Colonials game, like, the next night. Or the same night. It was the same day. It was the next night. And, and then and after it. And we, were, we, we won the game. We were like, we're not going. We're not going to that Colonials game. Well, no, freeze we, game. We did though. Except for we, I, at least I went to the freeze game, and I. But the Knowles kids, who were half the team, had their game that night. Oh, that's right. Or no, they had their game the next day, that's so right. they didn't go to the game. So we were gassed, and the other half the team wasn't there. So, anyways, we didn't make it to nationals that year, even though we should have. But we kind of got timed out. But that was when I played with Garrity, and uh, I forget the guy, the third guy on my line, but uh, Cooper. Cooper, yeah. But playing on that with him was like he was creative. Get from Roxbury, freak, yeah good times but uh but see what i was gonna say earlier was i gotta we gotta shout out rich mclaughlin mclaughlin you're a legend but uh we have some hilarious memories and i gotta ask what your most ridiculous mclaughlin memory or story is uh i mean i don't i don't know if i've said told this story on a podcast but uh and you know what it might have been my senior year but uh 
it could have been my junior year. I don't know if it was before or after you got there, Jonesy, but uh, Nawick and McLaughlin had such a feud between yeah. them because Nawick's so nonchalant and he's probably our, the be- our best player. Yeah. And <laughs> McLaughlin just wants him to work hard. Uh, and I can't remember what it was that Wiki did. It was probably some stupid fancy shit in like one of McLaughlin's hardcore like drills, just touch the puck once and get rid of it type yeah. thing. And Wick probably like caught it between his legs and made a deke and then passed the puck or flipped it up in the air like you know what it used to do. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, Guys, yeah. where I but, got a long breakout. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing goalies hate more than the fucking flip for the dump out because they're coming right back in. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, McLaughlin definitely just like grabs this, the wick stick out of his hands and chucks it across the ice. And <laughs> as, as the wick just like throws his arms up and starts skating after his stick, coach throws his his stick right over <laughs> the wick's head, just crashing into the bench. That was my senior or my freshman year and your senior year because I remember that and it was just like what the fuck like like what do you do as like anyone on the ice there you're kind of just throw like a stick at him at some point that was, a, that was a different time <laughs> that was when yeah he, he one time I don't know I think it was after your time CJ where yeah, he was pissed off and he like hums his stick outside of the rink and it hits the Knowles banner <laughs> and the Knowles banner falls to the ground and then who's the no guy way. Right? Jordy. Jordy comes over and is like, like you know, like 30 minutes later, and, you know, we had gotten our stick and moved on for practice. And he was like, what happened here? And Rich was like, huh, I, I don't know. I have no idea. Like, it was, it was down and got it. <laughs> <laughs> that was unreal, yeah. Right, Tyler, how about you? What's your favorite mode of See, I thought you were going to say the, the story about when you got knocked out and, like, the net fell on you or something. You were down, like, knocked out cold. And he was like, next goalie. Let's go, next goalie. And, like, they dragged you out by the ankles. <laughs> John Beecher? Yeah. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, when you were towards tor- the end. I was when you were on those pain pills and you laughed for 20 minutes straight when we were playing Risk. <laughs> I was like, what is wrong with this guy? <laughs> nope, no memory of that story. I'm confused how that's related to him getting knocked out. Yeah. Take the pills oh, off. Oh, afterwards, it was that bad? You got knocked out that bad? Oh, no. Tyler's, Tyler's like, years apart here. <laughs> the the, uh, the pain pills were for when I got uh, my collarbone broken, and I was a sophomore. Okay, fair enough. I don't know. Last name McLaughlin's story. Uh, he always used to call me the uh, the best back-checking defenseman in the state. <laughs> I always thought that was really clever. Because I was like, ah, it's not really a compliment. Thank you, though. Uh, I, I'll go. The king of the ended um, compliment. Um, so I just thought this one too. So I remember. I don't. You're right, CJ. We'd have these ridiculous drills that he wanted to do the littlest things, and you didn't even like know what the hell the purpose was and whatever. They're always effective. You ended up learning something out of them. But I forget what we were doing one day. Maybe it was neutrals on rigor or something, and uh, we we fuck it up. And he just loses his mind. And I forget exactly. Like he's screaming at someone, and he says, "Fuck, fuck, fuck you guys! We're doing, we're doing fucking breakaways." <laughs> and he pushes the puck to the middle of the ice and says, "It's like you know, twenty minutes into practice, we're doing fucking breakaways." He locks himself in the penalty box. I told this story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he starts smashing his stick, like just swinging it like a like a 
I don't even know, like 12 year old, like against the boards back and forth for like five minutes. We're all sitting there in fear. Like, what do we do? Like he told us your breakaways, but he's just pissed. Keppel goes and picks up a puck and starts doing breakaways. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, whatever. I ever work on my handles here. I mean, why not? It was automatic. Yeah, yeah. But uh, (laughs) he just lost his mind and locked himself in the in the penalty box. It was absurd. But uh, I don't know. I think uh, one of my favorites was. I mean, he always had the best way of like not putting you down, but like you know, hitting you in your in your. In the chinkling your armor, you know, where you're like, oh, fuck, you're right. Like, all right, I need to work harder at that stuff. And I think uh, one one year, I want to say it was my sophomore year, we were playing Jefferson the next day, and we had a pasta party. But the pasta party was uh, on Valentine's Day. So we were all at uh, the John, uh, Coach Beatrice's house. We were all eating there. And, of course, McLaughlin was there because it was at Coach Beat's house. And we're watching the, we're watching the Mo Beard tape, actually. And... Coach Beats loved rewinding when Holoko would get jacked up. <laughs> oh my God! Look at that! Like, and he would rewind it like a million times. Hilarious. But a bunch of guys like left like halfway through the game um, to go like take their girlfriends to dinner like after a pasta party. Like, so the next game we're tied with Jefferson like going into the third period like at Skylands, and obviously we shouldn't be tied with Jefferson. And McLaughlin came into the locker room and it's just like. What's up, men? How are you, men? You think you're all gonna take your women out to dinner? How are you, men? Like, and then he went on and was just like, "Fucking, you guys are fourth in the state. This state stinks. Like, what a joke of a state this is." And it, it was just like, "Oh man!" And and we went out, and won the game, but yeah, it was just like, <laughs> "Gonna go jerk off in your varsity jackets?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. Yeah, the two twins. He's like, I scored 99 goals in Pee Wee's. I want to go kiss kiss my girlfriend after the game. Like, little kisses <laughs> in the laser light show at Kinelon. Uh, fuck, who were those kids? Who were those kids? They were they were good. See, you might know their names. Uh, I forget, but they were always dominant, and he used to lose his mind. He's like, scored a fucking 100 points in Pee Wee's last year. Fuck me, right? It was unreal. Unreal. Um, <laughs> I got I got one more I got one more McLaughlin for you. So this had to be this had to be my junior year because uh, I can remember uh, one night Bannon going out and just like he just like didn't have it. You could tell Bannon was just like Josie. I don't I don't know if you ever knew Bannon, but this... uh, he was he was the year great above you, right? So I don't think I was, yeah yeah I, I knew of him because I knew he was a little uh, wacky, but he was... yeah yeah. A little whacked out, maybe, which is kind of where the story goes. Uh, but uh, Bannon's having an awful game, and uh, I'm on the bench, and Coach looks down the bench and says, what the fuck is wrong with Bannon tonight? He, 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 looks, he looks like he's not on drugs for once. <laughs> <laughs> we're, all, we're, all, we're all like, yeah, that's probably the problem, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> probably. It's like, it's kind of starting out. He's like, fuck, get, get him his fucking drops. Where are the fucking drops? <laughs> in the fucking locker? Are they in your bag? God damn it, Steve. Steve, he threw the fucking eight ball already. Jesus. <laughs> I believe you say that. He said the most ridiculous shit. He, he was absurd. <laughs> They're running around like headless thieves. John, what are they doing out there, John? Are you fucking dancing queens? <laughs> and he would just, every time there'd be offensive zone pressure against us, he'd be like, ding, here it comes, ding, like posting in. And then he would 
slam his elbow against the fucking boards, and we'd be surprised he didn't break his arm. Yeah, the best was just talking to the like kids in high school because pretty much every high school team, their coach was a teacher. So like at least we knew who like at least their teaching personality. But literally the only thing that our friends saw from the stands, which a lot of the kids, as we know, went to a lot of the games. Was just this this old bald guy like slamming his elbow on the glass and yelling at us. And he's like, Yes, like that guy's like, Oh, great coach. Yeah, he's the best coach in the state. Like, blah, blah. And they were like, All right. Like, <laughs> you, you say we got, so. a, we got an elbow pad one year. I, I don't think it was us. I think it might have been the seniors before us got him the, uh, the elbow pad at the team dinner after the season. Yeah, you know what? I think he might have got a couple pairs of elbow pads because I'm pretty sure we we got him elbow pads. I think Pat got he him gets one. Them, he gets them yeah. like every year, probably. He's got like three sets of elbow pads. <laughs> in the years he's been playing, he's like, all right, he's just not amused at this point. Gotta start slamming my head against the wall. Maybe I'll get a helmet. I love when he would talk about kicking this dog. <laughs> like <laughs> I think I think like Jonesy's senior year at the banquet, he was up talking and he's like, you know, this uh, speech is a lot. A lot better when I'm not kicking my dog at home because we lost in states. <laughs> and like he, I'll never forget him talking about Crowell, like in front of everyone. It's like, yeah, if Crowell wasn't blowing his nose in the like in <laughs> locker room so much because Crowell would stock him, stock himself up with like toilet paper in his on the bench because he always had a stuffy nose. It's like, dude. It, well, like. and then like McLaughlin's <laughs> poor wife. Like I think Rich was like a a quiet, normal guy outside of hockey, and his wife would sit at the banquet and talk to the moms. <laughs> be like, I'm just confused about these jokes. Like he's really a nice guy. Like I don't understand. Like uh, those are good times. But yeah, let's move on from Rich. Love you, guy. But great, great Rich talk. Um, so CJ, another thing I was thinking about, which originated when I was a freshman, was uh, different like trips we'd take. Uh, like for team bonding, we do whatever scary. We drive to secret. What was it called? Secret society. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure your your senior year and my Clinton Road. what Clinton Road. Clinton Road. Yeah, we did that when I was with Tyler. But me and your year together, we went down to uh, secret society, and I'll never forget if you were in Kyle Generale's car, and we took it like off the road, and we were like in the bushes, like going. <laughs> like, it, 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 it was absurd. I'll never forget it. We, we drove out of there. His car was all scratched up because he drove into trees and shit. It was ridiculous. You remember that stuff? We, yeah, we made – didn't we make you get out to grab yeah. this, like, the creepiest yeah. soccer ball of all time? Yeah, you did. You did. You know what? Josie, Josie was pissing his pants in the back of the car. Chelsea, you get out. You get that soccer ball right now. <laughs> I think I was in the trunk, and you guys were like, get the fuck out, Jones. And I had, a, I had a run. In the middle of the freezing cold night, in the middle of nowhere, it was pitch black. I'd run in the woods and get this soccer ball that was completely deflated and sketchy. And yeah, and you guys just, you guys actually pretended to leave. I remember that. You started driving away, and I was like, come here. You're you're probably lucky we were off-road with Generali, because we weren't getting away. (laughs) No, we weren't getting away. Was that Um, the woe sign? No, no, no. So Tyler's jumping into the story that I'm kind of leading to, which was that a... uh, we you you heard the Wostein story, CJ? Have you? I don't I don't think so. No. All right. Well, we're gonna have to tell you because it's it's one of the the monumental weird NJ Randolph bonding stories. So I, I guess my freshman year that happened where we went with General. I don't know how many years before you guys have been doing these like weird NJ scary you know team bonding outings. And so I remember that one freshman year, Rob Bollander was there. I remember one time the next year, my sophomore year, we're sitting 
like at Pat Swift's house, maybe after Pop's party or practice or something with Rob Bolander, and we're like, yo, let's let's go for a ride. Let's go down to Secret Secret Society. Will. Oh, Will. Sorry. Will Will Bolander. <laughs> Shout out Rob and Will. But uh Will Bolander, and he's like, All right, let's drive over. So we drive over there and we're, you know, going through this sketchy neighborhood to describe it to those that don't know what it is. It's basically this area behind it's in Fernbrook, right? Yeah. Ironia, sorry. And it's like you drive down and it's all dirt roads and people say it's like a kkk neighborhood and it's just like a sketchy area with these weird houses and whatever and you go in and you're in high school and you're just being stupid and it's you make it scary and we're driving on the road and all of a sudden we come to the end and we see a stop sign and we're like all right we must be at the end must be you know the next neighborhood and we pull up and we see it's a stop sign but it says whoa w-h-o-a and we're like holy shit like throw in reverse like pull out of here like whatever let's let's get away and it scared the shit out of us so the legend of the woe sign kind of grew of like what the hell was that like what's going on back in secret society so we always talked about it at apostafaries throughout the year or throughout the multiple years so i think my junior year we went somewhere else went to clinton road shades of death road we had some good times and then my senior year i think we were going into states so it was tyler's junior year and we were at a pasta party at demore's or at climb wax's house wiggins house yes exactly and because it was Clan Wax's axe. Yeah. And we're basically like, yeah. we're going to go and we're going to steal the woe sign. Because whatever reason, we thought that was a good omen to help us win states, which is just absurd logic now that I think about it. But uh, so basically, we, we pile in the car. We pile in two cars. I think like 15 of us pile in two cars. Demore's car and I think Clan Wax's car. And, and we start driving over, drive down to this sketchy neighborhood. And we get where the woe sign is, and I jump out of the car. We have climb waxes axe, and I and I hack it out of the ground. But it didn't. I'd have to like chop the wood. It kind of just like popped out, and because it, it's in like wet grass, so we're like, oh, you know, we had to jump out of the car, like get back in, throw the woe sign in the car. I throw the axe on the ground. Meanwhile, a car goes on in the driveway, like right there. So we're like scared shitless, like running away. I jump into Climax's car. The car starts following him as we're like buzzing through the dirt roads. Like he's chasing us. Climax is doing some fast, serious shit. And we finally get out of the neighborhood and we're good to go. So we have the woe sign. Driving back to uh, Wiggins' place. I get a call on my phone and it's, and it's Tyler. No, you're messing up the story. Mess up the story. Yeah, I can just keep going with this version if you'd like. No, it's okay. Uh, so, yeah. They, we took two cars, and then one car waited at Bill's Luncheonette, and Jonesy and the seniors went to go get the woe sign. Jonesy chopped it down, like, just like you said, and he dropped the axe. Then they got the hell out of there. We met back up at Bill's, and Kleinwax was like, where's my axe? Uh, well, gonna go back. And Jonesy was like, uh, <laughs> like I fucking dropped it. <laughs> and, and Kleinwax was like, that's my fucking dad's axe. Yeah, like, I need that. And then I think me and Holoko were the only juniors there. It was like all seniors. So they're like, all right, you guys got to go get it. And I was like, fuck. So, like, we get in the car with Jonesy, Kleinwax. Oh, no, Demore was driving, I think. Demore was in a different car with the woe sign. We were going back for the axe. Okay, so we're going back for the axe. So we get out, and they they park, like, kind of a ways away from where the, from where the fucking sign is. Me and Holoko are in the grass where the sign is, and, like, we start to get super scared because we, we can't find the axe. Like we're just fucking searching in the pitch dark, like in Randolph, which is a very nice town, but we're like literally in backwoods, Kentucky, true detective season one here. And like, holy shit. All of a sudden car lights turn on in the driveway. Me and Holoko like deer in the headlights. He ran towards the car. I ran the other way. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just scared shitless. So I like dive in the bushes or whatever. Holoko gets back to the car. I'm like fucking hiding. The car starts chasing them. That's so the they start like getting chased. Yeah. And I'm like, holy fucking shit, what the fuck's going on? Like, it's like a good, it's like a good half mile, maybe mile from like civilization where Bill's luncheonette is. And pitch I'm, black, middle of the winter. Pitch black. I'm like, I don't know where the fuck I am. Like, There's snow in the woods. You, if you think I had a smartphone, you're wrong. I didn't even have, I mean, I had a cell phone, but it was, a, I think, a, maybe a chocolate. Man, I think I had a chocolate back then. You didn't have no razor. No, no razor. Uh, but so I'm like, I literally get a call from Jones. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Like, where the fuck did you guys go? And I hear these words come out of his mouth. I'm sorry, man. We have to leave you. I remember that. Yeah. And I was like, are you serious, dude? And as I'm saying, are you serious? What the fuck? He just hangs up. And I was like, oh, my God. Is this real? Like, what's going on? So, like, I started to try and make my way back. And there's another car, like, roaming around. And it's like, I feel like, in my opinion at that time, it's fucking searching for me. Searching for me. So I'm, like, literally diving in bushes, like, covering myself in dirt. Like, the KKK's after me. Like, this is fucked. Finally, I get back to Bill's Luncheonette, like, a half hour later. They're all just hanging in the parking lot. What's up, What's up boys? How are you? Like, yeah, I'm good. No, I didn't, I didn't die. The best was walking into the house, like, that night. And Dad was on the couch. And he's like, how was the pasta party? I was like, it was great. Like, <laughs> I'm, like, as shit. Like, covered in dirt. And I was like. It's awesome. <laughs> I'm gonna go to bed. <laughs> so, so yeah, it was. It, it, I mean, it'll be there, I guess. But it was, it was scary for him to be in the woods for after chasing. You know, someone was definitely looking for cars in the area. But, anyways, we 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 go on. The woe sign is in my basement. Um, we we went states. We have a party. The woe signs there, and we have a good time. And there's photos of this, and, it, and it's and it's all well and good. And then. One day over the loudspeaker in school, one day we hear all senior boys that played ice hockey, please report to the principal. We're like, what the fuck do we do? So we roll down to the principal's office. And like we said, Demore of all people was driving. And, and asshole. asshole. And what, this was actually technically in the town next door, I believe. And the town next door, there's a policeman there. And he basically explains to us the story. And what the story is, is when we were there, a receipt had fallen out of DeMore's car. They tracked that receipt to an ATM. All ATMs take photos. They saw the Randolph Ice Hockey boathouse on the guy who took the money out. So they traced it to Randolph Ice Hockey, and the guy was wondering what the fuck happened to the low sign because the people had called the police, obviously. <laughs> so, so long story short, we're, at, we're sitting there in, uh, what was the principal, Horvath? And she's like, what the fuck do you boys do? And where's this woe sign? And I'm like, it's in my basement. Like, all right, Miss Hackney, thank you. And and basically, the people had asked us, instead of pressing charges, to come back and put the woe sign back where we found it. So obviously, Beatrice says lawnscapes. We go, we go back. We make a big, hilarious thing out of it, putting the woe sign back deep in the sketchy area. And we're, we're, we're putting it in. And the people that live there, it turns out they're like a hippie couple. They're both wearing John Lennon glasses. They have this shed growing some pod in the back, or they were growing something. But we go down, and they, they basically come over, and they say, hey, boys, uh, you know, it's okay. We know you're having fun, your high school kids, but, but do us a favor when you're done with this. Please go listen to this one song by John Lennon. Listen to the lyrics a minute and a half in, and live your life that way. 
so we listened to the I forget the song. I wish I could remember, but it was just a maniacal shit that these people <laughs> with the woe sign and living in the middle of nowhere Randolph were telling us to do. And and it kind of just became the legend of woe sign um, that started when I was a freshman. Yeah, to wrap up the woe sign story, uh, I think at Crowd's graduation party, um, Mrs. Demore got like all the seniors. Mr. Silva, all the seniors like a woe, like a mini woe sign, and like that you can get it signed and stuff. And I was like, "Hey, Kyle, <laughs> let me get your woe sign, bro!" Like, fucking asshole. <laughs> Whatever. I'd be remiss to not tell the woe sign story. So. See, uh, th- th- I guess we should have kept the soccer ball, Jonesy. Maybe we would have had better luck in the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. Got to keep the momentum that you stole and take photos of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just don't wear your boathouse at the ATM. Yeah, or just don't hang out with Demore and you'll be all right. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be a stupid idiot. Uh, Well, I mean, aside from high school, uh, did you want to talk Boston at all? Uh, I know you guys have quite a men's league rivalry. Uh, Mm. The the Pickles versus uh, Jonesy, what's your team? Well, wait, wait. All right, fine. We could talk. We could talk uh, the shooters in the pickles rivalry. So, so I played at Northeastern. I pl- played club hockey there. Um, Tyler played Suffolk Division Three. You know, hot shot, not a big deal. Guys played juniors and shit. But uh, we play. We've been playing against each other for three or four years now in different men's leagues. We were one before. We'd always have like shit league where you'd have to drive, you know, thirty minutes out of Boston and play at like ten thirty. And we'd always have good games against each other. And I think you're the only team that, like, we would, like, we go out with. Because we would get the constant chirps of, like, oh, you pussies. Like, you played club hockey. Like, you guys suck. And we're, like, you guys played, like, Division Three. Like, it's just not not a big deal. And they're, like, take your cages off. We wear halfies. Like, here, you guys are a bunch of bitches. But that, that was not getting started with that. That right? was the back and forth. But then, basically, we transitioned to a different league about two years ago. So I called Tyler. So I'm, like, hey, Tyler, we're not going to be in a league. We're not going to play against each other anymore. And he's, like. Dude, you, what league just switched? I was like, the NSIHL. He's like, are you kidding me? Like, we, we were trying to get away from you guys. So we transitioned to the same league. And now, I mean, I, in the beginning, I'd say we were about, we'd split. And now Tyler's team probably has the edge on us over the past year or so. But this last game got a little heated. I, I tried to listen to the point where you said you got hit in the face because I heard you guys reference it. But this last game is the game that Tyler got hit in the face with the puck pretty much. And, uh, yeah, why don't you tell that? You Jonesy, Jonesy, my uh, my fantasy hockey photo is Tyler's face after that game. How mangled was his face? It's pretty nasty. So text, he texted me that night and was like, I, well, I texted him to be like, yo, you good? And he was so pissed off. Like, you guys are a bunch of hardos, like, trying to score with, like, a minute left. Like, F you guys. And I'm like, dude, like, your own guy shot the puck out of the zone into your own face like what do you want me to do yeah. Like, get out of here. yeah i was i was mad i was in a weird place for yeah, sure I but i mean i i do reference in the do uh in, the, in that podcast uh, when i was talking about that that you know you caught me with a high stick before that is that what you're talking about yeah but to, to rehab that i i got you like in the arm or in the like the side and somehow it like went off your stick like up towards your face and didn't i didn't have my stick i was i was Picking up your stick and it hits you in the stick. Yeah, it hits your stick and then it ricocheted like up your body. There's no way I just hit you in the face. There's no way. Just admit it. No, I wanted it. 
But, we'll but anyways, we'll move on. And just, just Tyler and I have many games against each other. You don't have to take off your glasses, but just <laughs> And the truth is, is Tyler's obviously their, one of their top defensemen, so him and I go at it quite often in the uh, offensive zone in the corners where Tyler's pissed about me buzzing around him. Well, you need to keep control of your stick. That's about it. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, at the end of the game, obviously, I took, took one to the face. I think it's been good for me, though. Um, I like the scar, you know. We're all right. So, yeah, the pickles are better than the, the shooters, but Jonesy could easily play on the pickles. So, just a couple, uh, couple, you know, mis- mismatches along the lines. But, yeah, yeah. Well, let's just say Tyler's uh, feeder team is a lot better than my feeder team. Mm, uh, indeed, so yes. Pick up guys are a lot better. Yeah, the, the freshman pickles are, are looking good. They got to figure out the fucking men's league, though. It's a lot different. Yeah. But we can talk, we can talk NHL, too. I mean, so, this guy, right? You guys have been on the street. I don't like NHL. No, why not? Uh, got so much uh, the, the guy wants to talk some NHL, yeah. The reason I the reason I um, transitioned to that is because this is the last episode, and love Hammy. It's your roommate, right? Yeah. And uh, love that he's a bees guy. But I do want to rebuttal a little bit what he was saying right, about the uh, the first line being total powerhouse and all the bees have to offer. And they've been electric this year. I mean, I think after going to the Game 7, the Stanley Cup, you got to obviously – you're pretty pissed off trying to come back. And I just want to remember that last year in the playoffs, the first line really didn't do much. I mean, they, they were matched up against some good lines the whole time, but it was really secondary scoring that brought them all the way to game seven. Um, Pasta, Marshy, and Bergeron would obviously score on the power play, so the numbers are a little skewed. But outside of that five-on-five, five, it was mainly secondary scoring, whether that be from Corrali or Chari or, you know, third, fourth line guys. Um so I, I, I do just genu- – I, I don't know. Obviously, I'm biased. I'm a big Bees fan. But I think that the team's well-rounded for playoffs, and it's not just top-heavy. Um, they're obviously hitting a little bit of a, a streak now of, you know, after they've been dominant at the beginning, had a couple of tough losses against uh, the Canadians and the Red Wings last night. But I think they'll be all right, and it's better than dominating all year. You don't want that like Tampa did last year. They need some adversity. But that's my, those are my Bees thoughts. Also, the Red Wait, worst team in the league. Right? Yeah, that was tough. Uh, I, like I said, they've been so hot for so long that I think it was just due the pucks to go against them. But the two goals were power play goals against them. And, you know, the Red Wings were buzzing on the power play. I got to admit that. So. Oh, Rask doesn't look good the last few games. Rask does that, though. Yeah, I mean, it's weird because that's why the there's even that's why there's bad. even an argument against, like, why he's not an elite goaltender. And obviously the numbers point that he is. But, I mean... He, yeah, he has weird games. I don't know. He's off his angles or whatever because he's a big angles guy. And uh, I don't know. Math guy. Math guy. But, but anyways, I think they'll be good. Um, yeah, that's kind of my beast. Um, what else did you want to get to, Evan? I wanted to get to, so, CJ, I know you and the Heineman brothers are all backyard games guys. And uh, Tyler and I have always challenged each other to many uh, backyard games, whether that would pick up sports in the front yard, football or mini hockey or whatever. And I want to do the uh, the Mount Rushmore of backyard games. Oh, man. Uh, I, I, I'm wondering if anything's popping in your mind. Do a draft? Pick each? Sure. I'll tell you. Uh, if he wants a Mount Rushmore, you got to give him a Mount Rushmore. I mean, we're, we're the king of backyard games. Can we include basement games? Yes. So yes. Uh, I'm just saying, like, like, don't have one person announce all four at once. Oh, yeah. Like one, 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 one. Yeah. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Kind of like, uh, like, what's we'll the? That, that's why. You know, CJ, all, all, uh, you know, 
made childhood up. made up fun. Okay. Whatever. That definitely um, changes my thinking because he told me backyard games before, but if we can include basement games, then whoa. No, basement games count. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't even know if you've played some of the basement games we're going to mention. Well, probably not, but. <laughs> All right, we'll Nobody will know. Maybe one that's mentioned. All right. So, backyard game. I got a. Number one draft pick. Do I have to pick my, like my top one? Well, you don't want to get taken, you know? I don't. <laughs> No, nah, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pick a different one. It's a little bit more obscure, but uh, I'd say FIFA Street, which oh, was man. basically all throughout high school. Me and Tyler and our boys would uh, hang out in Shangham in the in the <laughs> the playground, and we'd put <laughs> the car lights on and literally play soccer on the asphalt, which was absurd. But garbage cans with goals. garbage cans as goals, and then we'd go pool hopping into the neighborhood nearby and be true delinquents. But See, uh, those were fun times. Street? I know Lou played a couple times. Yeah, yeah, no, we we talked about this before, and I, Jonesy, I guess you didn't know this either, but uh, me and like Phil Brigando and uh, uh, Tamenga and a bunch of the other Shangham guys, guys, we used to do that. We didn't oh, call no it. Way. Yeah, we didn't call it FIFA Street, but we would go to Shangham, we'd set up the garbage cans, we played soccer. Um, and that's why when, when Tyler brought it up the one time on the podcast, I was like, no shit, we did that. <laughs> I don't know. Like, we did it a lot. I don't know what it like, was about. Often, we may have done it a lot, but we, like, every summer it was. We used to, I remember a couple of times we were, like left parties. Dude, we would. Like, parties lame. Let's go play FIFA Street. Yeah. Okay. And we would. It would be amazing. We'd be like draft to be four on four, three on three, or whatever, and we'd play for hours. It was just like talk about having too much energy. Like I don't know, I couldn't do that these days, but we had a blast um, doing that, and we'd play with various guys. I mean, yeah. So Tyler, how about you? Ah, uh, fuck! I wrote some down here. Wow, uh, you had that much time? Well, he he told me like an hour before because you were taking forever. Um, I'm gonna go with. Uh, manhunt. Oh, you son of a bitch! Some epic fucking manhunt games. <laughs> like it was two. It was two yards. Uh, probably two plus yards because the Grays Woods and the Manchester Woods got uh, included as well. But those games were epic. Like a lot of blood was shed, a lot of sweat, like a lot of. I remember just getting chased by CJ and just stopping in my tracks, and he flew over me. Like did a flip. Didn't tag me though. Got him good. Um, and uh, yeah, manhunt definitely on my Rushmore for backyard games. Sorry, Kitch. And you can't say kick yeah. the can. That's the same thing. <laughs> yes, we did play kick the can style. That would have been definitely on my Mount Rushmore. So uh, uh, good choice, Tyler. I I got to put knee hockey in there. Uh, um, and I do call it <laughs> I do call it knee hockey, not mini sticks. But there is not. <laughs> There's not one game that we played more than knee hockey in the basement, whether it was in our basement, which had uh, a little more hazards, but we set it up nice. The original one at uh, One Village Court had the the built-in shelf that we just put nothing in the bottom, and that was our net. Or if we were if we were next door at, at Mark's, and we had the stadium down in his basement with the netting and everything. I, I would say, same with me, there's no sport or childhood sport that more than mini hockey. And I call it mini hockey for whatever reason, not mini sticks or, or knee hockey. But, but I think that was the most epic part was you go to your buddy's basement 
who you who was on your team and you'd see his like ridiculous setup with like the tape job and like the the cool you know graphite sticks or whatever they may be and it was just so much fun. I would say the best Indianaki stories were always at a you know away tournaments where you get like the conference room with you and just play like six on six and be a brawl. <laughs> yes, yes. Hotel. Yeah, what was the, the company? The, all the sticks we had because those were nice. The yellow and Franklin. Franklin was Franklin. the night the nice ones. Yeah, yeah. Just like uh, the amount of those sticks that ended up in the wall, like <laughs> Or the one time that I hit CJ up high with the hit. And I ran away, and he tomahawked it into my back. Um, <laughs> just some great times with mini hockey. Yeah. So I actually don't have this one written down, but I just thought of it. And it, I didn't really play it as a kid because it wasn't around. But I'd say spike ball is probably one of my top, you know, I don't know, athletic games these days. That's a blast to play, whether it be at the beach or in a grass field. And uh, it's a good time. Definitely better on the beach. It's shallow water. Yeah. It's also pretty fun in grass. Like, you can move. Fast. Well, it is. It just hurts more. Yeah, yeah it is a lot more fun. When grass. you get the low tide, that's yeah. uh, real nice. You ever played any spike ball, Uh I have not played myself. I've uh, seen some YouTube. Good old YouTube. Yeah, the YouTube clips are a little, a little ridiculous. Playing it two-on-two when you get, like, four athletic people, it's, uh, it's pretty damn fun. Yeah. You know what? I might have played it at Crowell's graduation. For some reason, I feel like I remember that, but uh, it could could have been beer pong too. So yeah, it could have been uh, smack smack the cup or what was it? Slap cup, slap cup. We're not gonna do we're not gonna drink a game about Mount Rushmore siege. Uh, no, no, we're not including that. But I think it's your turn, Ty. I think um, I gotta go with. Uh, if we're including, I don't have this written down, but if we're including basement games, uh, I got to include ping pong baseball. Yes. That was one That's of my also games. on my fucking list. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that game was so much fun. Like the amount of like effort I went into beating you and Lewis. Like I feel like I was not as grown as you guys, especially you, obviously, but we're like, you could. You could throw gas and you could throw like the curve pitches with gas and like it would be very hard for me to get a hit. And like I would try and win games like two to one and my I would absolutely just throw my shoulder out, just gassing <laughs> you because I had no like no slider, no curveball. It was just straight fastballs of ping pong baseball. And it, it, I beat you like nine innings one time and I was like, uh, I think I need Tommy John like right now. <laughs> Like, just give it to me. Like, my career's <laughs> over, but I beat CJ in ping pong baseball, so. <laughs> so, uh, so Jonesy, we used to have this Fisher-Price basketball hoop. It was like, uh, it had, like, the wire in the corners, and it was just fabric over wire. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> so we would set that up as the strike zone. So, basically, if you, th- and uh, we threw a ping pong ball, and you had to hit it with a ping pong paddle. Okay. And. Ping pong ball, I mean... No, that's hard. Like, yeah, if you've, you've ever chucked a ping pong ball... Yeah, yeah, you and can do some crazy shit with a ping pong ball. How do you, like, is there, like, a... How do you... Is there an outfield? Is there a field? Is so, there, like, a hit it at the certain areas or a home run? Basement, yeah. So, you... There's no bases. There's... It's all based on how far you hit the ball, and is it fielded cleanly, basically. Uh-oh. So, we're in the basement, 
that seems like a lot of judgment, which could be very argumentative, whether or not it was cleanly fielded. Gentlemen, about that, but it was. Uh, believe if you got it back to the person, then it was a single. Like if you just like grounded it, just like dribbled it, like yeah. that's an out. And if you got it back to them, they feel it cleanly. It's a single. If it got past them, like on the ground, it was a double. Yeah. If it hit the back wall, it was a triple. And if it like got over you and hit the back wall, it was a home run. Right. Which we did see some shots. There was a lot of judgment and, and trust involved. Oh, that was over my head. No, it wasn't over my head or whatever. But yeah, it seems well, like well, ball the line, bro. Ball the line. line. And I think it was if it got over, there was some shelving on the back wall. And if it got over the shelving, I think that's how we did it. But, uh, but yeah, excellent game. By the end of it, like there are little Fisher Price basketball who. Oh, and if you if you threw the pitch and oh, yeah. into the hoop, that was three strikes. That was no. an automatic. Out. Oh, no, 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 no. No, I think if you got it into the. Got it into the hole, so Jonesy, it was a it was a hoop, and there was a hole where you could grab it, and then there was also a shoot where it would come out the bottom. So if you got it into the hole in the middle, it was three strikes. But if you got it into the hoop, I'm pretty sure it was the end of the inning siege. Oh, that you might have been right. You might have been right. Anyway, I anyway, that's an excellent, excellent choice for Mount Rushmore of basement and backyard games. Uh, I'm gonna put home run derby on oh. the Mount Rushmore. That's on that's on my list. Uh, yeah, so uh, especially tennis ball, metal bat, home run derby. Uh, eventually, we had to switch to tennis ball because too many people were getting the uh, the <laughs> the hit back straight to the pitcher. Um, yeah, thanks, Lou. Yeah, I also I, I believe I took one from Brian Duddy into right into the the family jewels, but uh, uh, definitely. <laughs> Definitely home the run paper derby. Towels. Um, I I, I want to. Can I say home run derby slash wiffle ball? Because there's some pretty epic wiffle ball arenas around Randolph. I don't know if you guys ever played Brian Devlin's. You had the uh, the pool in Home Run Land that you could. There have been uh, home run robberies into the pool. Pretty oh, epic. That's awesome. Um, Johnny Beatrice's front yard comes to mind when I think of wiffle ball, but. Uh, we had a pretty good home run derby set up in, in ours. It was like the jungle gym to that one tree, like out on the edge of the woods. And if we got, we drew like a line or like draw a strong string or something like that. And if you got over that, but if you caught it, it was still a rob. Uh, but Zach Gray had the best baseball diamond in his front yard. Was, yeah. Tyler sure. Healy still talks about hitting the home run off you. <laughs> <laughs> Covey had a pretty nice setup too in his backyard. Cove had a nice wiffle ball backyard. But I will go along the lines of a little more traditional games is Polish horseshoes, which like at the beach or in a backyard at a whatever graduation or summer party. Hey, I'm a huge fan of you guys frisbee guys? You guys frisbee family or not? Really good you're a frisbee person or you're not? In um preseason for hockey, we would uh dry land like Three days out of the week, we'd skate two, and then Saturdays would always be football. And my junior and senior year, some kids were like, let's split up and some play frisbee. And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, frisbee's either a thing to you enjoy or not, but it's a it's a good, you know, reactionary drinking game. It's, it's a good time. Well, the post are fun. It's just you're kind of hanging out. Yeah, I love can't jam. See, I think it's better than can't jam. That's what I was thinking about. Yeah, but, but it's similar, uh, yeah. same sort of thing. Throwing the, throw the frisbee, it's good. It's fun. I've had some good games. 
It's getting tough here. Um, what if I throw in um, yard hockey that was only played? It was played on the Boston Common once, um, and it was also played at 23 Aldebaran, where the Heinemans lived a few times. But it's this rare time where it snows, and then it gets a little warm enough where it rains, and then it freezes, and it's like sturdy enough where you can stand on it. So we would bring pucks out, and you'd run on your feet. And it was actually, a, like, I have a Twitter photo that I should retweet um, from the podcast because I played on the common once. Wait, All right, Jonesy's itching. Wait, 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 CJ. Uh, so I'm pretty sure when you were a senior, that was the, the winter that, it, like, we had one of those years where it froze over or whatever, and it was super slick. Was it you that, like, slid down the hill at high school that, like, totally fucked himself up? <laughs> was that you? Uh, I don't remember that uh, being me. If, if not, that's too bad. But I could have sworn it was you that was like <laughs> trying down in like the hill, like in between where you could drive like under the school. There was like a little hill, and someone I could have sworn it was you <laughs> or one of your buddies that like went on his stomach down the whole thing, and in the middle of it, it like he like fell through the ice and just and <laughs> was like bleeding from his neck or something. It was absurd. <laughs> Because that like freeze over yard hockey stuff. If you if you break through, like you're cutting yourself. Like that's dangerous. Yeah, the ankles were were in kind of rough shape after, but it was fun just because we lived in a backyard with a hill. So it was like, oh fuck, I lost the puck down the hill. Like <laughs> this is gonna be a rough journey down. Yeah, you definitely woke up with. It's like when we went up to Vermont last year. I mean, you were there when our ice our driveway was an ice rink, oh, yeah. and like every night we come home hammered. Like you wake up the next morning and be like, I have cuts everywhere. It's like. Because, you know, you're just falling down. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with uh, 21 on the basketball court. Uh, that's weird. So is that the one? Can you dribble or do you have to be jumping in the air to shoot the ball? That's taps. Yeah, you're thinking of taps. Uh, okay. But 21, 21, you can dribble. So 21 is basically every man for himself. Uh, to, to and if you score, you shoot from the foul line. Yeah. And uh, if you, you taps was fun, but I feel like we didn't play a lot of twenty one, just us three. It was all taps. Universally, though, like none of my friends that I met in college played taps. They all played twenty one, but we. I feel like in Randolph, I always played taps, and it was a blast. We did play a lot of taps too, so maybe I should combine the taps twenty one uh, basketball backyard games. All right, well, that's three. We, yeah, we got one more. Wasn't that? Didn't I say three? Or were you? Well, was no, four, was four, fair enough. Sorry, I was expecting you know the whole, that monument in the middle of the country. I just completely <laughs> forgot about. All right, so this one I have on here. I have two. Which one do I want to say? All right, I'm going to say it because my family's super intense about it. Is croquet. It is a fantastic yard game. If you have not played croquet and are listening, you should 100% go try to play croquet. And not the traditional setup. You should make, like, an off-course setup, like whatever yard you got. And uh, it's just a fantastic – it's like putting and golf, like, whereas you can actually get better at it the more you do it. And you get six people, and it's it's a drinking game. And it's uh, basically my family goes up to upstate New York. Every just like you guys, so you go to the Adirondacks, just like you go to Old Fort. Yeah, we do the exact same trip. My I see, I don't know if you know this, but my mom's second of eight. I have 25 cousins. We go up to a house on Fourth Lake every summer, just like you guys do. And we have a croquet tournament that we've been having since 97. 
and uh, it's, it gets super intense. Uh, so croquet is a fantastic game that I'd recommend. Man, if we are ever up there the same week, I want in on this croquet tournament. It's funny because we always miss each other by like a week. I we go the first week of August, and I think you go in July. Last week of July. Last yeah. week of July. We always miss each other, and we're always trying to. Tyler and I always talk about it, but but yeah, it's a fantastic game. If we ever up there together, you should definitely come play because it gets intense. Like all the cousins and all the aunts and uncles, and it turns in. We have like a you know twenty person tournament, and it always comes down to the same two or three people so it's uh it's a lot of fun yeah this uh this one dude uh mark pierce that i was in the navy with uh he used to have a croquet tournament we used to do it every summer and uh but you weren't allowed to drink beer or wine you had to drink a cocktail <laughs> so <Yeah>. like <laughs> yeah so like you could pick what, what kind of alcohol you want but that's that's your alcohol for the day and uh, I used to just drink gin and tonics and like not be able to see the ball by the end of the tournament. Yeah. Excellent, excellent drinking yard game. Well, that makes me want to pick beer die, which I love, but uh, I'm not going to pick that. Uh, I'm going to say yard golf, which we used yep. to play. We used to have these little wiffle balls. Wiffle ball, right? Yeah. Any- played at Kevin's, yeah. yeah, and then played played at our place like that tree over there, part three, and like uh, hit the mailbox like. You just rip it in one club, and that's a good way to learn uh, learn how to chip a putt. I think I have great touch because of yard golf. <laughs> yeah, we set up 18 holes between Mark and our yard. So is yard like golf, that we could... In my memory, I always play with a wiffle ball. Is that the traditional? People ever play with like a real ball, or you play with a wiffle ball? We used to play with those practice wiffle balls, and then sometimes you play with like a baseball wiffle ball if you didn't have any. Yeah, see, I always play with the baseball wiffle ball, but the, the, that makes sense. Wiffle ball, like golf ball size. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Those were, those were good times. Those were always fun. What they're meant for, you know. <laughs> yeah, that would make sense. <laughs> All right, last uh, one. Yeah, last one. I got to say. Tyler, I don't know if we ever named it, but uh, it was basically like racquetball, but with tennis balls against the garage. Um, oh, yeah. It had its own rules. It had to be hit, what, like at a certain level on the garage door, and then it had to it had to bounce before you hit it again. Yeah, it was I feel like it was similar to like squash, but... Yeah, I don't know if we ever came up with a name, but that was a good game as well. I forgot about that one. So, uh, so I'm going to call that wall ball tennis. Wall ball tennis. Nice. Nice. Good Mount Rushmore, Jones. Nice. Figured you guys appreciate it. We'd always have fun when you and I would play sports, Tyler. Big sports guys. Um, but Pete, just going to talk to you. Uh, I figure we'll bring it back. NHL a little bit. I don't know if you guys. I don't think Tyler said you've done this on your your podcast yet. Uh, he is. I don't know where he's going, but he just exited. But uh, um, I was thinking uh, early cup predictions. I know you guys did your ser- different division breakdown before the series season, but whatever. We're twenty games in or something like that now, and I was just curious if we had some thoughts on you know one team you could you could pick any right now that you put your money on to win. I'll tell you what, uh, they're going to yell at me for this, but and it's, it's super homer, but I fucking love my Islanders this year. Oh, shit, uh, really? I love they, it. They, uh, they, again, have the best defense in the league. They give up the least amount of goals. 
We had our hiccup against Pittsburgh, but I'll tell you what, I'm about to rant about Pittsburgh on this episode when Lou comes in. I literally have like a like a I hate the Penguins uh, title, and I took a whole bunch of notes because uh, <laughs> that's that's our only loss in a month, uh, and it was in overtime. But see, I I made that loss happen. I know you did. I'm gonna I'm gonna explain all of it. Or I will have already explained all of it by the it time was, that this glorious. is on. I absolutely, I think mushed myself. Yeah, you mushed all of it. So, so I'm gonna this this will be the second time on the episode that I say this, but you know, I gotta tell Jonesy. So I'm watching. I'm seeing. I'm at work, and the Islanders are up three nothing. And Tyler sends a text, and he's like, "He's like, man, the Islanders are killing our teams because uh, we had beat the Flyers a couple weeks ago." And I. I texted back. I chirped. I should never have opened my goddamn mouth. Yeah. And I, I, I said, I said, uh, because Lou had called it laughable that the Islanders would finish better than the Penguins at the end of the season. Yeah. And so I, I texted the group. I said, laughable, eh? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I, I fucking chirped, and uh, instantly the Penguins score. So you know, I tell Tyler that's why you don't talk about Fight Club. And uh, and then he goes, he goes. Well, the game's over anyway. And I'm like, there's 15 fucking minutes left. And wouldn't you know it? Wouldn't you know it? Twice in like two minutes, here come the Penguins, scores, and then ties it. Ugh, they won it in overtime. It's like Tyler, you ruined my night. <laughs> what day was that? I was like, holy shit, it's tied. That was so they played the bees on Monday, I believe, Monday or Tuesday. I think it was Monday. And, I mean, th- that was an unbelievable game. 3-0 Bru- Bruins, 4-3 Penguins, back to 6-4 Bruins for the final. But the Penguins completely outplayed um, the Bruins. And I think that Malkin was obviously out, and he was dominant. He was freak. Oh, he was out before, and he came back. And then Crosby's doing Crosby. And, I mean, they're they're forced to be reckoned with again. I mean, who knows if they have it. Murray let in a couple soft ones. But they're a good team. So, if you're going to lose to anyone, that's not a bad team to lose to. Oh, man. I fucking hate them. I hate them. So, so how, how did this happen? How did you all become di- fans of different teams? You, Lou, and, and Tyler. Well, I mean, Tyler and Lou, I think, always picked Philadelphia and Pittsburgh because that's where they were born. Um, okay. Oh, and, I was, and I was born in Cincinnati, so I think uh-huh. my dad, like when my dad told us all that, like he's a because he was always a Buffalo guy, but he said he, that's because he's from Buffalo, and then he would say like, "Oh, Tyler, you're from Philadelphia. That's the Eagles, the Flyers, and the Phillies and the Sixers." And then I think when he went over the Cincinnati squads, I was like, uh, "Where do we live now?" So fair enough. That's- <laughs> Um, all right, all right, Ty. How about yourself? Early cup prediction. What do we got? Did you guess? You said Browns. I didn't go yet. Okay. So you just said Islanders, I'm sure. Um, uh, I did. I told him. Uh, I actually, I, I didn't say that. I think we said this in text group that before the season started. I said that Varlamov would win the cup against his former team this year. So uh, I'm going to go with that prediction on on uh, live air here, even though it's not uh, live. Oh. Uh, let's see. It's hard. I mean, I kind of wanted to take my a team that I put a future on, uh, fifty dollars to a thousand if they win, uh, the Capitals. So, kind of want to, kind of want to ride on them. I really do think that 
whoever does, does come out of that division, uh, Tampa, Boston, Toronto, even Buffalo, it looks good. But, and I, and I do want to say that I said today, I picked the Bolts two games in a row in Sweden. I said, when they come back from this Euro trip, their domination is going to start again. So watch out for that. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to take the Caps to raise the cup again. I really just think they're poised. They have that veteran squad. Holpe is consistent back there. And you got a Norris winner. You got a Norris winner and John Carlson back there. So I'm taking them because they can kind of hopefully win that division and get an easy wild card and then, you know, face a Penguins or Islanders team that maybe doesn't have the, the firepower to beat them. So I'll, uh, I'll ride Washington. Caps here. We're back. Uh, well, Trotz making his name on both those organizations. Um, it's interesting that he – I couldn't believe he turned the Islanders around after – Bars left, so that's impressive. But uh, I would also love to go Homer and go Bees. I also have a feature to win. I mean, I had 12 to 1, so not as much as Tyler, I think. But uh, I love the Abs, and I know they have a little hurt right now, but that first line when they're buzzing is so much fun to watch. And I just feel like they're in their prime, and it's been a little bit, and uh, they have a good following. And I just, I hope, uh, I hope McKinnon and comes back, and I don't know. The first line just. Fun to watch. So, or who even you, even without those guys, they put up nine goals the other night on Nashville. They're they're forced to be reckoned with when they're at full they strength. Were due. They yeah. were due for an onslaught. So that's my call. But also, uh, go bees. All right. Well, that was a good one. Yeah, Jonesy uh, was nice. What do you say, Ty? I said um, it was great to have Jonesy on. Siege, thanks for making us wait. I hope your lunch was worth it. Um, I did have a delicious lunch. Uh, and But I really think that uh, uh, waiting was, was a good thing, Ty. You seemed a little uptight earlier. So, you know, a little patience is good for the soul. Gary, don't, uh, don't start with me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and he's just been working hard. Patience, you run it thin. Yeah, so like it's it's you, not me. (laughs) But yeah, thanks thanks for having me on, Jen. CJ, it's good to talk to you. Love reminiscing on Randolph hockey. I understand it's high school hockey, but uh, we had a fucking blast. But we're the coolest, so it was worth it. It was. But uh, (laughs) thanks for having me on, Jens. Jonesy, love to talk to you. Thanks, man. All right. I uh, love talking to Jonesy. Tyler, thanks for giving me the heads up that you were going to have him on so that uh, I could get a little bit of, you know, I was jonesing for my Jonesy a little bit. Uh, <laughs> and uh, also, I kind of want to know what Lou's uh, backyard sports Mount Rushmore is. Yes. So CJ gave me the, the brief rundown. Uh Obviously, for, for those of you who don't know, obviously you've just listened to the interview, but um, I think we were rather notorious for, I mean, we could probably write a book on, on, on the games we've created and whatnot in our backyard slash basement. I mean, it's tough um, for you, though. Like, are you not allowed to use any of the ones we use? Well, so I've not technically, I mean, CJ kind of, we, we talked briefly, so I know, but I mean, the, I think the three of us can probably agree on most of them. I mean, ping pong baseball is a big one. For sure. Um, 
And then I think whatever that that wall ball tennis game that we created, um, which is probably probably racquetball that we didn't know it at the time. Um, those are a, a, a top two for sure um, that really stick out to me. Um, and I think those are probably top tier games. And then you can start. I mean, what was the what was the dumb the dumb, dumb baseball game we played in the backyard sliders. that we were sliders. Like what the hell was that? <laughs> We're just running baseball. between bases. Um, just running bases. With yeah, reactions. that was a solid yeah, well, game. <laughs> that one was not mentioned, Lou. So I'll give you credit for the, right, the sliders. Yeah. Can I you thought do about uh, sliders for sure. You I think that was. Think I think that was a game. Jump that jelly beans. Remember that three one? Three of us played. Well, one? I feel like you can combine sliders with like the. The toss the ball out so it's just far enough to do a diving catch game that we would do we for sliders. hours. We had sliders two, we had sliders three. <laughs> we used every part of the basement to play sliders. Like it was just if you could like cause exactly the perfect catch or the perfect pick out. Or... Yeah. <laughs> That's all our games were based on is like the sports center highlights that we could create. Yep. <laughs> Good. Got him out, but it wasn't even sick. Anyway, uh, <laughs> speaking of games, let's. Uh, do we have any uh, hockey history trivia? I, or I've got, good, I've got some good hockey history ones. I think some stumpers here. Um, so the year is 1987. Two players enter a game with 19 or with 998 assists. One of them only had one assist, while the other had two beating their competitor to 1,000 assists. I would like you guys to guess who these two players were and which one beat out the other. Gretzky and Messier. Sage? Um, I was going to say Gretzky's definitely going to be one of them, but I'll say that Gretzky was beat out by... This would have been Oilers, Gretzky. Uh, no, probably Kings, Gretzky. Uh, he probably got beat out by, ah, shit, 87, um, 1987. Yeah. Yeah. Who was, who else was a boss in the late eighties A bossy? I'll say Mike bossy. Ty, who beat out who? Gretzky over Messier, bro. So Gretzky was the, uh, the two assist man, but the one assist man was Marcel Dion. Uh, Marcel he Dion. did not get his 1,000th assist till three games later. Um, sure. So in 1998, Mike Vernon makes 21 saves to help the San Jose Sharks defeat the visiting Dallas Stars 4 to nothing. The Sharks set an NHL record with the fewest shots by a winning team since the shot on goal was made an official stat in the 95-96 season. Can you guys guess how many shots were taken? The, and it's the least amount by a team that won. By a team that won a game. In 1998, the fewest shots allowed by a winning team. Or the fewest shots taken by a winning team. So I'm going to say... Taken took, or... Ta- taken. It's So they, okay. they won a game with the fewest shots taken since the, the stat was... Uh, uh, All right. That's much different. I thought the whole time you were saying shots on goal, like from... You know, onto them. All right. No, from the winning team. <laughs> Lowest. Shots taken. Lowest shots by a winning team as of 1998. Gotcha. Um, 11. 
no, sorry, Ty. Shots on goal. Shots on goal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Eleven. Eleven. Yeah. Um. Ah. I hate. I hate it. But I was. Oh, I'm. All right. Good. I'm gonna change it to eight. It was nine. I was gonna oh. say nine, but I didn't want to say <laughs> nine. Eleven. God damn it. All right. And finally, in 1934, the NHL comes to St. Louis. 12,600 fans are on hand at the Coliseum to see their team play for their home opener against the Chicago Blackhawks. Do you guys know what that team was called? The Arches. Uh, the Pickles. <laughs> uh, the St. Louis Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. <laughs> On the road to victory. I thought I had some good stumpers for you guys there. But that's what we got for hockey history this week. All right, all right. We want to uh, run right into pop stars, or uh, yeah, I don't have any games this week. But uh, Ty, if you have a game you want to play, we could do that first. No, I got nothing. All right, all right. Pop pop stars, uh-huh. it is. Um, every, I got everybody uh, good. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm ready to go. I got I got Adam Lowry. I don't remember if this happened before last week's show, uh, but he uh, he caught a guy a little bit from behind in the head. It kind of looked like a quick play, but. Um, uh, Ryan Reeves, who is not a center, decided to come out and take a face-off against uh, uh, Adam Lowry. And Lowry, to the bench, was trying to get him to change. Said, no, I got this. And uh, squared up uh, against Ryan Reeves, which is uh, not a small thing. And, and just threw him down. You know, he, he made a hit and um, decided he, he was going to answer the bell. So uh, I got Adam Lowry. Lou, I gotta, Lou, I gotta call you out. Uh, you literally told the same story on last week's podcast, and then uh, we we talked about how we couldn't wait for yesterday's game between Tom Wilson. Oh, we got into right, a whole thing. So, well, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna well, call. Uh, I'm gonna, yep. I'm gonna call. Yeah, that's two minutes. Yeah, I'll have to, uh, I'll have to adjust there. Uh, we definitely talked about this last one, no, and right. I, I think one of you. Uh, talked about the hit and couldn't think of the Jets player, and I remember saying it was Adam Adam Lowry, and and then Lou went on and on. Yeah, and here we go again. <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna Damn. discount that, Lou. Uh, you have now, by the time me and Tyler say our stars, to find uh, a more legitimate one this this current week. Well, I don't know if I'm gonna find a more legitimate one. That was it was a it was a good reason. I just forgot that we had made that and that whole conversation oh boy go ahead guys all right uh ty i'm gonna give it to uh patty kane this week uh buffalo guy obviously like pops and uh he scored three goals and had four assists three points on the power play uh two of two of his goals were game winners he's got four hits and a block in the week uh patty kane's one of our superstars that has not had the spotlight on him. I mean, incredible year last year, but the Hawks are obviously they're going to have a tough time this season. Patty Kane doesn't ever slow down. He gets uh, a uh, a Buffalo Homer pop star. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a great pick, kid. I love Patty Kane. It's funny because we have a uh, party on next next Sunday. Um, and the contact name is Patrick Kane, so like we're go- we're going through the meeting, and I'm like, uh, "Is this real?" Like, 
And no one <laughs> else, no one else even knows what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm like, Patrick Kane. Like, you guys, you guys. Right, and never mind, never mind. Patrick Kane. Gotcha. <laughs> never mind. It's fine. It's, no, it's fine. it's fine. No one, no one, no one knows. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, ah, fuck. I lost my train of thought. What else were we talking about? Uh, uh, pick of the week. Pop pop of the week. Yes, mine. It's. I gotta go. I gotta get it with the coots. Like you, you guys both saw that video I sent you, that fucking sauce he sent in practice. But not only that, he's playing sick. He's got fucking before tonight. He had six points in six games. Uh, he had a uh, a great night tonight. He had a goal, um, and just out there winning faceoffs, killing penalties, doing everything we need. And most importantly, the last two nights, he's had shootout winners where. He scored goals in the shootout, which hard to get all that in one player. So, Coots, Sean Couturier. Ty, I got to say, Couturier's been making the lineup with McKinnon over Barkoff lately because he's been that hot. So, uh, I got to agree. I got to agree with that pick big time because. Uh, Watch him, him play, in- dude. And see, did you see that video that I, I'm pretty sure I sent it to you? Uh, no. Well, no. you sent it to me and the podcast, so. Uh, well, if it's on the social media, then I might have not gotten to it yet. It was like, uh, I mean, I've gotten like me and Stan. Me and Stan always send each send each other like daily, like random things, whether it's soccer or hockey and anything. But I sent him that, and he literally was like, "Oh my god, oh my god, my Uber almost just." Crash because I said, "Oh my God!" so loud. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I know. Like, I know. I was fucking sick as past. Like, all right, I gotta send it to you. But uh, this guy is so fucking good. Let's go. All right, uh, Lou, you got your rebuttal pick. Uh, yeah, I don't know how well it's gonna go, but I got one. <laughs> oh, it, it's um, a fucking penguin. No, it's not a penguin. And it's not even a hockey player. Yeah, um, I was going to say, or it's not a hockey player. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so I I went uh, with a couple of friends. We went to the University of Dayton uh, men's basketball game. Uh, they're actually D. They're actually D one. Yeah, I didn't even realize that. I mean, um, and uh, <laughs> they were they, like uh, ten years ago. I feel like been in the tournament no, so many they, times. Yeah, they've been they've been in the tournament like five or six times, most of which were before 1970. So, no, um, into the final. Yes. That's not that ago. Okay. No, I know who they are, Jerry. Yeah. Well, uh, there are, we, there are uh, I literally looked it up. Okay. Well, Lou has been wrong before. Like the fact that, uh, oh, and Dayton does play in Indianapolis, right? So anyway, uh, how's the game? Lou? No, they play in Dayton. <laughs> I, 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 I was making fun of you for they play. We talked oh, about the Indianapolis comment. Yeah, I guess I got to own up on that. Tyler didn't say nothing about Indianapolis. I don't know what was going through my mind. Um, <laughs> regardless, so it <laughs> doesn't even have to have anything to do with the basketball team either. But the, the the halftime show was this like like 50 to 60 year old Asian lady on like a seven foot unicycle that proceeded to flip bowls on her head from her foot. Dude, you got to and see it was red kind Panda? of insane. Yes. Why, why you know what Red Band 
panda is, is bananas <laughs> to me. But yes, I Are saw you red serious? panda. Yes, you don't fucking know. It was she, fucking she wild. I saw the video of her. That was like a record for her. It was. Of, oh, this. Oh, yeah. I got to watch that live, I guess. So this is this like 50 Ooh. or 60 year old like Asian lady is on like a six or seven foot unicycle and puts a bowl on her head, then proceeds to put a bowl on her foot and kicks it up to her head, landing it on the bowl that is already on her head. And then she puts <laughs> two bowls on her foot, kicks those up, then goes three bowls, then four bowls, then five bowls and finishes with six fucking bowls thrown up on onto the already like nine that are stacked up on her head and caught all of them and it was fucking nuts it's, it's, <laughs> her, it's the fucking best it's the most electric thing in the world <laughs> that's uh like that's the whole time i was like she's gotta drop one <laughs> i think and nope. i think lou might get fined for having his rebuttal pick be the best of all of the pop stars of the week picks <laughs> you should have led with that lou that's an incredible i guess i should have <laughs> uh, but uh, either way, we got um, uh, Patty Kane, Sean Couturier, and the Red Panda. That's a that's okay. an excellent group. Okay, I would like to I would like to also defend myself. Uh, oh. th- the last time they went to the Elite Eight was 2014. That's probably uh, the um, so no, I not they've been in the tournament a bunch of times. Yeah. The 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 last time they went to the final was 1967. Okay, I'm not talking about final, but their presence in the NCAA tournament, March Madness. Yeah, 14, 15, 16, and 17. I think it's okay explaining who who a team like the Dayton Flyers are. Um, so I'll, I'll understand why Lou argues with me and with random sports facts. Like, come on, man. Well, yeah. <laughs> Who do you think is gonna? Like... It's true, Lou. You are uh, you're in over your head. <laughs> no, I fa- fair know enough. nothing else but stupid facts about sports, and <laughs> and I work at a sports bar, and all I do is watch sports. So it doesn't. Happen. That's fair. I can see that. <laughs> okay, guy. I want to know um, what you think about Monday Night Football tomorrow. This is Sunday. I hate the Booger R- McFarlane. That's what I think. Well, it's the undefeated uh, San Francisco 49ers playing Seattle. Uh, I feel like the 49ers schedule hasn't been that good. Uh, do you roll with the 49ers? Or? Um, I don't touch any games in the uh, NFC West. Those have just no... Ever since college, when me and McCarthy started betting, it was like, bet on um, maybe the yeah, the Seahawks, they won the Super Bowl this year. Let's bet on them against the Rams, who suck back then, like like Sam Bradford or something. And the Rams would win like 9-7 to seven because there would be two safeties and something like the, all those. <laughs> all those games are so fucking crazy. Like, I'm not touching that game with a 10-foot pole. Um, but if I had to bet, like gun to my head, I'd probably pick, I'd probably pick the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, I need uh, as long as Emmanuel Sanders gets uh, like twenty points. So uh, I'm gonna need a big locket to get like twelve. That's it. Uh, Also, uh, special pop star mention to uh, uh, Jean Sebastian Pajot. Is it Jean Sebastian? Yeah, I think Jean Sebastian. 
Vaz, yeah. It's no, it's John Gabriel. Pajot. Oh yeah, John yes, Gabriel. Sure. John Gabriel Pajot. Uh, he scored a bunch of fucking goals. He got a shorty against my Isles. Uh, Sick, but, just like shot off the breakaway, top cheese. Mm-hmm. So uh, just a special shout out to uh, uh, Jean Gabriel Pajot because uh, him and actually uh, he's not the only Ottawa Ottawa uh, him and Nemestikov have kind of been uh, Nemestikov's bounced around now a little bit since he left Washington uh, see I say a little bit since he left New York um, was he in Tampa Bay before or after the Rangers before I believe that was his trade I think yeah I think Nemestikov went when um, when the Ryan Callahan trade happened yep that was literally he got traded from that team. To the, yeah. Huh. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, I guess I guess we should probably get out of here then. Uh, anybody got any other uh, topics from the week they want to go into? Nope. No, I think I'm good to go. We got obviously had a, a nice long interview with Jonesy, so let's uh, get the heck out of here. Um, go see our very good friends, Parlors. Uh, two weekends from now, um, they'll be in New York City at Pianos NYC, uh, putting on a hell of a show for uh, everybody that shows up. Uh, so go check them out. They're, uh, they're called Parlors. Uh, they're a great band. Uh, you can follow us on our social media. We are at the Heineman Brothers Hockey Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Yeah, can we get Parlors back on? That's still one of my favorite episodes of all time. Why not? Let's do it. Yeah, and uh, and if you want to listen to one of my favorite episodes of all time, it's called Alexi Ashen, Turtleneck. Turtleneck. Hockey. Hockey.